Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Shepherd in France Chapter 04 by Bernd Redstone Chapter 4 Rachel jolted up to a seated position from a sound sleep. Her mind cast around for the reason for waking her so abruptly. She saw it was morning. Beautiful sunlight was pouring through the sheer drapes. Tina's bed was empty. Then she heard it. Someone was throwing up in the washroom. Tina, obviously. She'd better make sure she was okay. Rachel threw off her covers and slid out of her wonderfully comfy bed. She was definitely feeling spoiled so far on this trip. Luxury accommodations, spa treatments, delicious gourmet foods, dance clubs, and best of all, all expenses paid. As if that wasn't great enough, she got to kiss Ben. Twice. God. He was a great kisser. She'd replayed those kisses over and over in her head last night. Sure, she would have loved to have tasted his mouth and felt his tongue taste hers, but these were good night kisses and slipping him the tongue would have been a mistake. She and Sophia had spent some time texting the twins to find out how they'd managed to overcome Ben's resistance, and the short answer was patience. Take it slow and override his memories of their youth with new images of their current state. Sophia and she had launched a plan to get Ben to see them as potential bedmates. The goodnight kiss was just the first salvo in that battle. She knocked gently on the bathroom door. Tina, are you okay? There was a flush, then she heard the sink. A few seconds later the door opened and Tina was there looking a little pale, which considering her normally light skin tone was a little shocking. Seriously, are you okay? Rachel asked. Tina nodded then went back to bed. Rachel followed her and felt her forehead once she was under the covers. She didn't feel warm but her mom would be a better judge. She pulled on her dressing gown and headed over to her mother's door. She knocked and a few seconds later her mother opened it. Of course she was already dressed and ready for the day. Sophia walked up behind her. She was also dressed. Morning people. Ugh. Good morning sweet pea. Catherine greeted her middle child. Morning mom. Can you come take a look at Tina? She was throwing up this morning. Rachel said. Morning sickness? Sophia quipped. Catherine scowled at her eldest. Don't even joke. I told you Ben was sterile. He's still a little sensitive about that. She glanced to see if Ben was within earshot. She followed Rachel back to her room and walked over to the side of Tina's bed. The woman's eyes were closed, and she was breathing softly so she was asleep. Catherine gently felt her forehead and didn't detect a fever. She moved back to the room's entranceway and gestured for her daughters to follow. Did you see what Tina had for dinner last night? She asked. Sophia answered. She had the same pasta dish I had and I feel fine. She was feeling a little under the weather before dinner. Rachel offered. Was she throwing up during the night? The mother asked. Sophia snorted. You're asking the wrong girl. Rachel would sleep through an earthquake. Rachel just stuck out her tongue at her sister but shrugged to her mom. Well, let's let her sleep for now. Go have your shower and get dressed. I'm going to go speak with Gabriella. Maybe we can get a doctor in. Catherine and Sophia walked over to Gabriella's room and knocked. Moments later Miriam opened the door, all smiles. Good morning. Good morning, Miriam. Is Gabriella up? Catherine asked with a grin. Very amusing, cat. Gabriella said as she approached the door. She was also ready to head downstairs for breakfast. Tina's sick. Throwing up but no fever. We don't think it was from dinner last night as Sophia ate the same dish and Tina was not feeling well before dinner. 
I think we should call in a doctor, Kat said to bring her friend up to speed. Gabriella immediately turned around and picked up the phone. She spoke to the front desk and asked for them to arrange a doctor to come in. She was assured they would send one up within the hour. Okay, a doctor will be coming soon. Less than an hour, they said. Gabriella informed the group. She turned to her daughter. I'm sure it's nothing so let's not mention this to Ben until the doctor confirms that, all right. Miriam nodded, pleased to be included in an adult situation for once. There was a knock on the door. Kat opened it and saw Ben was standing there smiling. Ready for breakfast? He asked. Not everyone yet. Why don't you head down and get your breakfast with those who are ready? Can you take Daniel down? I know he's famished. Sure. See you down there, Ben said. Miriam rushed to his side and grabbed his hand and Sophia put her arm through his other arm. Catherine eyed her daughter suspiciously as the door closed. Catherine looked over at Gabriella and raised her eyebrow. With Ben's memory loss events I'd rather not subject him to strong emotional impacts. No sense in worrying Ben just yet, Gabriella said with a frown. Her friend nodded. She followed Catherine over to Tina's room. Their keys opened all of the rooms as did Ben's. She'd given Tina's room number for the doctor so they went inside. Rachel was just finishing up in the washroom. She walked out and looked over at her sleeping roommate. We've called for a doctor to check on her just in case. Can you check on Megan and head down to breakfast with Ben and the rest? No mention of the doctor to Ben yet, okay? Catherine said. The two mothers got comfortable for the wait. Rachel nodded, left her room, and she knocked on Megan's door. Her sister opened it. Are you ready for breakfast? Rachel asked. Lucy is just about done. I loaned her some clothes as everything she has needs a wash. Megan replied. Hey, I wanted to ask you something. Why didn't you give Ben a kiss on the lips last night? Rachel asked her sister. I just don't feel that way about Ben. I mean, I think he's gorgeous and I like to tease him and hear the stories about him but when I saw you two making plans for him I realized I didn't want that. I really like him but I don't want him that way. I don't want to change what we have. You know? Megan said, trying to explain her feelings. Yeah, I get it. I can respect that. Lucy came out of the washroom wearing Megan's cute little red shorts and a dark blue top which was never meant to hide tits as large as Lucy's. Rachel snorted and smiled. Well, we're going shopping for clothes so Lucy can get a brand new wardrobe with shirts that fit her, generous bust. Megan responded to her sister's snort while pouting enviously at Lucy. They both saw how gingerly the woman was walking then they saw the glow on her face. Simultaneously their eyes widened and they dropped their jaws. You had sex with Ben? Rachel gasped. Out with it. We want details. The sisters gathered close. Tina's orders are to be discreet. So sorry, Lucy said with an impish smile. The sisters groaned and Lucy shrugged but her smile stayed in place. They left the room and passed the doctor stepping off the elevator as they headed down to the restaurant serving breakfast. Gabriella answered the knock on the door and let the doctor in. Bonjour. Just sweet Dr. Paquin. O.S. Mon patient. The slight, older gentleman asked. She led him over to the bed. This is Tina Lee. She doesn't speak French. She was feeling unwell yesterday, and this morning she was throwing up, Gabriella said. She moved back as the doctor examined Tina. She heard Tina quietly answering the doctor's questions. After a few minutes of this he turned back to them. Would it be possible for one of you to pick up an item for Tina in the pharmacy across the street? He asked. Certainly, doctor. What is it? Gabriella asked. A home pregnancy test. Any brand will do, he said with a smile. Gabriella and Catherine rocked back and stared at the doctor, then Tina who had turned her face away from them. 
Did I say something wrong? The man said, his smile falling from his face. Gabriella was first to recover. No, I'm sorry. I'll be right back. She nodded at Catherine to stay with Tina. Ben had finished his breakfast and was just enjoying the ambience of the restaurant and the happy chatter of his group around him. Miriam was glowing with happiness and even Daniel was acting his age, meaning like a kid for once. It was good to see him laughing and teasing his sister. Sophia was looking very pretty in a yellow sundress and smiled at his appreciation. Rachel was wearing a sheer white blouse over a sky blue skirt and he caught the outline of her brow under the fabric before he turned away embarrassed at himself for looking. Megan was more casually dressed with a red button-down blouse over blue short shorts which showed off her legs. Again he pulled his eyes away only to settle them on Lucy's tits which were trying to escape from her shirt. She caught him staring and he blushed as she pulled her shoulders back slightly for his enjoyment. He could see the impression of the small nipple rings against the fabric, and he began to respond. She had a coy smile on her face as Ben pushed back from the table. He turned to Sophia. It looks like I'll have time to pick up something before we go. I'll meet you back here in a minute. Ben nodded to the others and stood awkwardly due to his reaction to Lucy's display. Her grin went up a few notches. As he made his way out of the lobby he wondered what was taking Gabriella, Catherine and Tina. He'd check on them when he returned from the pharmacy. The sky was blue and the air was cool but he fully expected it to get much warmer. He'd dressed in light clothes as he expected to be carrying quite a few bags today. He made his way into the pharmacy and grabbed a basket. He headed straight for the aisle where the condoms were. He found the lube and dropped a few boxes of the individual packs as well as a jar of the stuff. Then he headed over to the aisle for shaving stuff. He needed to get Lucy a pack of fresh disposable razors, special shaving gel like his, and something to prevent skin irritation. They had the special gels on the bottom shelf so he had to squat down. He heard the door chime then the distinct sound of Gabriella's voice as she spoke to the cashier by the door. He didn't quite catch what she said but the tone of her voice set off his nerves. He slowly walked to the front of the store as she rushed back into the aisles, grabbed something and rushed back to the cashier. Ben was just about to the front and saw what she placed on the counter. His mind blanked momentarily and when he returned she was gone. He paid for his items and took the bag in his hand as he rushed back to the hotel. He wasn't sure why he was rushing but there was an urgency he couldn't deny. He went straight to the elevators and up to their floor. He knocked on Gabriella's door and waited but she didn't answer. Then he knocked on Catherine's door but she didn't respond. He turned and stiffly walked over to Tina's door. There was a roaring in his ears as he heard voices inside. He stood there unmoving. Minutes passed then he used his key to open the door and step inside. He saw Gabriella and Catherine looking at him with surprise and worry on their faces. There was a strange man in the room with his back to him. Ben took in a doctor's bag on the bed. The man turned and there was Tina looking dazed and pale holding a pregnancy test in her hand. So S. Lopere? At Ben's blank look he spoke again. Are you the father? Ben was crashing into the elevator slapping at the ground floor button. There were shrill voices behind him, but he couldn't make out what they were saying over the roaring in his head. There could have been crying but his confusion was keeping him from comprehending the sounds. The doors finally opened and Ben surged out of the elevator and raced through the lobby and out into the street. He didn't know why he was running. All he knew was that something horribly painful was behind him and he had to keep out in front of it. Megan saw Ben run through the lobby and glanced at Sophia. She held up her phone and set off after Ben in a sprint. She spotted him running down the street to the right in the direction of the Seine. She raced after him keeping him in sight but not so close as he saw her. Then she spotted the woman in front of her who also seemed to be running after Ben. She saw him stop at a corner and look in all directions. She and the woman both ducked for cover when his head turned in their direction.
That confirmed for Megan that the woman was chasing Ben. She looked out again and saw Ben turn left, and she and the woman rushed forward. Megan made sure the woman didn't see her as she turned the corner then ducked around the corner to see Ben far ahead and the woman picking up her pace to keep up. Megan also ran faster and soon she saw Ben reach the walkway next to the lovely river. He seemed to be leaning over a trash receptacle. Oh, he was being sick. Maybe he had what Tina had. She began to really worry. Gabriella pushed out of the elevator with Catherine and saw Sophia standing in the lobby. Did you see Ben? She gasped. Yeah, he ran right through the lobby and outside. Before Gabriella could move to give chase, Sophia put a hand on her arm. You'll never catch him at this point. He was moving too fast. Gabriella looked like she was going to collapse, so Sophia took her shoulders and looked in her eyes. Don't worry, Megan went after him and she has her cell. She's the only one of us who could keep up with him, and she'll keep him in sight. Gabriella looked up hopefully and hugged Sophia. The rest of the group exited the restaurant, and Gabriella indicated they needed to go upstairs. Come on. Everyone brush their teeth so we can be ready to go when Ben gets back, she said. They headed to the elevator. Megan watched Ben walk along the sidewalk next to the Seine. He looked from side to side occasionally like he was lost, and she suddenly realized he was. She increased her pace until she was up to the woman following him. Why are you following Ben? She barked, and the woman spun to look at her. Who are you to ask me that? The woman growled back. I'm Ben's friend, who watched you following him all the way from the hotel. Megan growled back. Oh, you are one of his bitches. Piss off, little girl. I'm working here. The woman sneered and looked away. If you are working the street, I guess that makes you a whore. Megan snapped. The tall brunette spun to look at her with rage in her eyes. She slapped Megan's cheek, hard enough to daze her and knock her onto her butt. Hey! She spun to see her quarry running towards her so she turned and ran. It wasn't time to confront Kyrian yet. Megan sat on the sidewalk holding her cheek and rolling her jaw side to side as Ben arrived. He knelt down to see if she was okay just as her phone buzzed with an incoming text. She picked up the phone and saw it was from Sophia. She replied all was good. Are you okay? Ben asked turning her face to see the bruise coming up on Megan's cheek. He pulled out his phone and took a picture of the bruise. Then he noticed he had texts. From Gabriella. Why did he suddenly feel so nervous? Ben? Ben? Megan was calling his name. Huh? What? He said. Let's sit down on this bench and catch our breath for a bit, okay? She asked. He looked around and saw nothing familiar. Where are we? He asked. A couple of miles from the hotel. She responded as they sat. Just close your eyes and breathe. Relax. He immediately did as he was told, and she blinked. He must be in a suggestible state. Can you hear my voice clearly, Ben? Yes. The sun feels good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. We should just rest here for a bit and relax. Can we do that? Sure. Megan began to text furiously. Gabriella and Catherine were in Tina's room and she was crying inconsolably on her bed. The doctor was sitting on the end of her bed as Gabriella asked him to stay when Tina had said the baby was Ben's. She knew Ben was sterile so she needed the doctor to explain this to Tina so maybe they could get the truth from the woman. She and Catherine were stunned. While Ben had no reason to expect fidelity from any of them the last person they thought would find another partner was Tina. The doctor estimated she was likely six weeks along and from what Catherine had said, their flight over was the first time Ben had been able to have sex with anyone since his hospital stay. Tina, you need to tell us the truth. Ben is sterile. He hasn't had sex until this trip. It can't be his. Tina rolled over angrily and glared at Gabriella. I have not had sex with anyone but Ben. He was on medication for weeks after the stabbing. 
barely conscious most of the time. He couldn't have had sex with you, Catherine pushed. Tina's face looked stricken and they thought she was going to confess the name of her other lover. I had sex with Ben when he was sleeping, she whispered, her face flushing with shame. What? Gabriella was confused. How was that even possible? Catherine just sat looking at Tina with her jaw open. The drugs made him sleep but he would become so hard and I was so desperate to be with him. He had died. I was so scared I'd never be with him again. So I climbed on him and was careful not to press on his chest. But I had sex with him every day for weeks like this. Sometimes, twice a day. She looked down. I feel bad for doing this while he was sleeping but I needed him so much. Needed to be with him. Her shame was plain to see on her face. But, but Ben is sterile. He said he had a low sperm count to start with and then he was shot and the doctor said the bullet cut his cords. Gabriella mumbled. The doctor perked up. Has he been tested? All of the ladies looked at him. What? Gabriella asked. Has he been to a fertility clinic to be tested? I believe your doctor was full of shit. You are all so excited about guns. Take your man to a fertility clinic to have him tested. Tell the clinic he has a low count so they check very carefully. The doctor probably did not check sufficiently. A low sperm count doesn't mean you can't get pregnant. It just means it can be exceptionally difficult to get pregnant. Taking steps as Ms. Lee did may have increased her odds just enough. Once the child is born a paternity test will prove who the father is. He smiled at the stunned women. If that is everything I must be on my way. Good luck to you all. With that he gathered his bag and left. The room was silent except for the occasional sniff from Tina. Ben's going to be a father. Gabriella finally said. Tina's face burst into a smile as she heard her friend confirming her belief in her. Gabriella held open her arms and Tina was in them instantly. Catherine threw her arms around both her friends and they all cried tears of joy together. Once they got control of themselves again Gabriella smiled at Tina. We have to get Ben to take that test. He needs to believe it too. Whatever happened to him in his past has done some damage to his mind. He needs to see that psychiatrist we all hate so she can help him heal. Shocks like this need to be delivered gently. Not from him bursting into the room. Where is Ben? Tina asked quietly. Can you get Sophia? Gabriella asked Catherine who jumped to her feet and rushed to the door. Sophia and Rachel almost fell into the room from listening at the door. Their mother scowled at them then dragged them inside. Miriam, Lucy, and Daniel followed. Once everyone was inside Gabriella addressed them. We have some wonderful news. Tina is going to have Ben's baby. There was a collective gasp though Daniel seemed more surprised at everyone's reaction to the news than the news itself. Sophia looked the most stunned. I thought you said he was sterile. She squeaked. Catherine glared at her, catching on that Sophia may have intended to bed Ben herself. We believe the doctor who diagnosed that was wrong and that Ben just has a very low count. Extremely difficult to get pregnant, but not impossible. She said staring at both daughters now who had the good grace to blush guiltily. We are going to take Ben to be tested which shouldn't take too long. The rest of you should head out to the shopping district I told you about and if you find anything you like you can either buy it and hang on to the receipt to be reimbursed or just have the store set it aside. We will join you and pick up the on-hold items then. Okay? Gabriella said. There were smiles and nods and everyone came forward to hug Tina whose pale face was pink with embarrassment and joy. Lucy was last and her hug was the longest. She leaned in to whisper in Tina's ear. You are so lucky. He is a wonderful man. She was recalling Ben's words that very morning and the pain he tried to hide. Now that he had a child with Tina there would be no need for her. He would be complete. 
Tina read the woman's body language as only another sub could and pulled her in tight and fiercely whispered in her ear. You will not hurt our man by abandoning him. He will need us more than ever. Do you understand me? She growled for only Lucy to hear. Lucy started. She felt overwhelmed by Tina's fierce devotion to Ben and how she was including Lucy in their relationship. She blinked away her tears and Tina pushed her back a little to look in her eyes. You will be there for him? Tina asked quietly. Lucy nodded and smiled, her heart overflowing with love for the woman in her arms. She leaned forward and kissed Tina which made the woman blink in surprise. Lucy pulled back and blushed. The room was silent with embarrassed glances going everywhere but at Lucy. Daniel was grinning at everyone's shocked looks. Gabriella smiled and so did Catherine. Welcome to the family, Lucy, Gabriella said. Sophia felt her cell buzz and looked at it. I've got a message from Megan. Ben's okay but she needs help getting him back to the hotel as he seems to be confused. She said he's in some kind of trance state. She has him sitting on a bench along the Seine relaxing in the sun. She sent me a map. She showed the picture to Gabriella who nodded. I know where that is. I'll go get them. The rest of you can go shopping and we will connect up with you soon. Daniel, keep an eye on your sister please. Miriam whined a little and Daniel puffed up importantly. Miriam and Gabriella shared a look and a smile when Daniel's back was turned. Gabriella looked at Tina. Maybe you should have a shower and get dressed. You need to accompany us to the clinic with Ben. Tina nodded and carried some clothes into the washroom and shut the door. Gabriella looked to her friend. Catherine, I'll be right back. How are you doing? She asked when she saw a sad little look in her eyes. Ben's going to be a daddy. Do you think that will affect how he feels about us? She said, trembling. No. Remember, Ben's love just keeps getting bigger, broader, and stronger. He loves us. Never doubt that. She smiled at her friend who pulled her in for a fierce hug. You remember that I love you too, Catherine whispered. I love you back. Now I have to go get Ben. Please ask the concierge to find us the address of the nearest fertility clinic, Gabriella said and left the room. She got a taxi when she exited the hotel and directed him over to the spot where Megan and Ben were enjoying the sun. She had the taxi wait while she walked over to the bench. Megan smiled at her as they looked at Ben's relaxed face. He seemed to still be in that trance state Megan mentioned. She wondered if this was something Ben's psychiatrist had taught him to do as a defense mechanism. She was going to have to call Hannah to ask her to speak to the woman about Ben's recent behavior. She looked to the relaxed man. Hello, Ben, Gabriella said. Hello, Gabriella, he replied without opening his eyes. You need to come with me now. I'm... I'm not sure I can, he said. You can. Do you trust me? She asked. He paused. Yes, I know you wouldn't hurt me. I know I surprise you, but everything is going to be fine. Okay. I need you to come with us. Time to wake up. Okay. He opened his eyes and saw Gabriella. Hi. Hi, Ben. Let's go. She held out her hand and he took it. She walked back to the taxi and the three of them got in with Ben in the middle. They went back to the hotel and Megan went inside to get her mother and Tina. A few minutes later they all came out and Catherine got in next to Ben while Tina got in the front passenger side. Megan was taking another taxi to the shopping district to meet up with the others. Catherine gave the driver a new address and off they went. Twenty minutes later they paid the driver and climbed out of the taxi in front of a tall white modern looking building. They went inside and went up to the fourth floor to the clinic's reception area. There was only one other couple in the waiting room and they were called into the back as Gabriella signed Ben in. Tina desperately wanted to hold Ben's hand, hug him, just make physical contact with him, but Catherine had warned her that they needed Ben to remain calm so he could do the test. 
After the test she would get a chance to explain how she had gotten pregnant from him. She said that she didn't think he would be too upset about that part. He started to fidget as he became more aware of his surroundings and who was with him. Memories began to resurface. Fifteen minutes later Gabriella brought Ben into the doctor's office. He was looking very uncomfortable by this point, and it was only her assurances that kept him from bolting. She made the introductions and they took their seats. As Ben couldn't speak French the doctor graciously spoke English though he was a little rusty. Are you wishing to have baby? The man asked. What we need to confirm is Ben's sperm count dash. I'm sterile, he blurted. We aren't sure of that. We need to find out for sure, Gabriella said gently. She turned to the doctor. Years ago Ben was tested and they indicated at that time that his count was very low. Years after that test Ben was shot and a doctor told him that the bullet had severed his tubes like a vasectomy. We have evidence that this may have been a misdiagnosis. We need to see if he is sterile or just has a very low count. We can do this. It is simple. The doctor got up and left the room. He came back in seconds to hand them a sample collection bottle. Provide a sample. Private rooms in the hall. We will test. He smiled. Gabriella walked out into the reception area with Ben and looked at Catherine. We need a sample from Ben. She raised an eyebrow and Catherine grinned. She got up and took the bottle from Gabriella's fingers and led Ben into the hall. There were multiple rooms and none of them were occupied. Looking in both directions the coast was clear so she opened a door and pushed Ben in, following him. She set the lock on the door and they looked around the small room. There was a selection of adult magazines in a rack on the wall, a bench against the far wall, a sink for washing your hands with antibacterial soap, a paper towel dispenser, and a garbage can. The room smelled slightly antiseptic but better that than otherwise. She undid the top of the collection bottle and set it down atop the paper towel dispenser. Then she turned to Ben. He looked at her nervously. Now, Ben, we need to collect as large a sample as we can get so I'm going to help you. Do you have any of those lubricant packets with you? Yes. He reached into a pocket and pulled out three. One should do, she said and placed the packets on the dispenser next to the bottle. Then she stepped up to Ben and reached behind his head to pull him down to her mouth. She kissed him deeply and crushed her body against his. She felt him respond as his tongue stroked across hers and his hands found their way to her back. He pulled her tighter against him, and she felt his cock growing in his pants as it pressed against her. She moaned into his mouth as his hands reached her ass and squeezed her cheeks. She pulled back from his body and grabbed one of the lubricant packets. She knelt down before him and rubbed her face against his bulge and looked up at him with need in her eyes. She undid his belt and pants and let them fall. Then she tugged his boxers down, and his thick cock bounced free. She wanted to take him in her mouth so badly but she wasn't sure if that would spoil the sample so she just pressed her lips to the side of the shaft and Ben groaned his pleasure. Cat squeezed the lube out on her palm then stroked his cock rubbing the slick gel all over the shaft and just a little way onto the head. She picked up the sample bottle and set it on the bench next to her so she could get to it fast when she needed it. Then she began stroking him quickly. She looked up at Ben's face and saw the bliss on it. He was rapidly approaching his orgasm. She picked up the bottle with one hand and held it close to the head of his cock as she pumped the shaft faster and faster. Ben was panting and gasping so she finished him off by sucking one of his large balls into her mouth and running her tongue over it. Oh fuck, Catherine! I'm going to come! Ben grunted and she rubbed her thumb in circles on the sensitive skin just under the head. He moaned as stream after stream of cum shot out into the bottle. Catherine squeezed out the last drops. She put the lid on the bottle and saw he'd filled two-thirds of it. She smiled and set the container up on the dispenser. Then she looked down at Ben's cock which was still showing excellent firmness. She bit her lip and looked up at Ben's eyes. He was looking back with real heat.
She popped the button on her shorts and shimmied them down her hips along with her panties. Ben stepped forward and spun Catherine around. She grabbed the edge of the sink and bent at the waist. When Ben's tongue swept across her pussy her legs almost gave out and she gasped loudly. She was so fucking wet. She waited for Ben's tongue but his fat cock pushed deeply into her instead making her moan aloud. Oh fuck yes. Ben. Fuck me. Cat moaned. Ben held her hips and started driving his cock into Catherine with long fast strokes, slapping her ass with his pelvis. The room filled with the sounds of wet slaps, Ben's grunts and Catherine's whimpering and moaning. She slid her fingers over her clit in quick little circles as he pounded her ass again and again. Oh my god, fuck Ben. I'm coming. Oh fuck. Catherine yelled as Ben drove himself harder. The morning's frustrations and emotional turmoil boiled over for Ben. The noises became louder and Ben growled menacingly as his orgasm took him. Catherine looked over her shoulder at Ben in surprise as he was never this loud and it sent a thrill through her. His fat cock was buried deep in her body and she felt so completely full and so damn sexy. Ben released her hips as his arms fell to his side. He pulled his cock slowly from her pussy and Catherine's body shook through an aftershock. When he was free he sat on the bench with his erection pointing skyward. Catherine turned around to face him and saw he was still hard. She hesitated as she was a little sore from his aggressive pounding. She moved to take care of him but he waved her off. He stood and washed his cock with cold water in the sink then dried himself off with paper towels while Catherine tidied herself and straightened her clothes. As he tucked himself back into his pants Catherine saw he was still hard. She looked at Ben's frustrated expression and bit her lip. He glanced at her and saw she was ready with the bottle in her hand so he pushed the door open. He stepped out and jolted to a stop when he saw a woman in clinic scrubs leaning up against the wall across the hall from their room. Her eyes were closed and she had her fingers inside her top pinching a nipple while her other hand was inside the waistband of her pants rapidly flicking away. She seemed to be right on the edge of her own orgasm. Ben growled and her eyes shot open as she gasped and squealed through a sudden release. He strode away and walked into the waiting room of the fertility clinic with Catherine at his heels. The room was no longer empty. At least five couples sat waiting aside from Gabriella and Tina who were both red-faced. Ben sat down next to Gabriella as Catherine handed his sample to the flustered nurse who rushed in after them. She couldn't take her eyes off Ben. Catherine rushed back to Ben's side, sat next to him, and took his hand. Two women were glaring at their husbands with looks of resentment, while the men glared at Ben. Gabriella leaned over. Didn't you realize those rooms weren't soundproof? He gave a brief shake of his head then leaned back in his chair and closed his eyes to try to relax. His erection was still evident against his pants. This just made the men glare more and the women fixate on him. Fifteen minutes later Ben's name was called and he and Gabriella stood up to go see the doctor again. She turned back and gestured for Catherine and Tina to join them. When the couple saw Ben was with all three women he received more resentful glares from the men and more interested looks from their wives. They sat across from the doctor again, and he was all smiles as he looked at the group. Ah, okay. Have you had sex or masturbated recently? This will reduce the count somewhat. That said, Mr. Shepard, the original diagnosis you had was correct. You have a very low count and their motility is a little slower the dash. Wait. What? Ben interrupted sitting forward. His mind was spinning. He was expecting to hear the number zero. Nothing else made sense. The doctor looked at him. You have a very low count. Making a woman pregnant through natural insemination would be extremely difficult. But not impossible. Gabriella asked, shaken by the idea that she'd had unprotected sex with Ben, multiple times. Catherine was thinking of the sex she'd just had. Her eyes were wide then she realized her timing was good as she wasn't in a fertile stage. She relaxed, 
a little? The doctor hesitated. I do not wish to give false hope. I recommend artificial insemination. We can do this. Tina is pregnant. She has only had sex with Ben. Gabriella began and Ben's head whipped around to look at her then Tina. We only just had sex on the flight over Dash. He began. I had sex with you while you were recovering from the stabbing. While you slept. Tina blurted then began to cry in shame. Catherine put her arm around her. The doctor looked completely confused. Who is the wife here? None of us, but we're all with Ben. Gabriella said. Tina had sex with Ben when he was recovering from an injury. He was medicated and often unconscious. He would get erections and Tina would avail herself of them as she was distraught over almost losing Ben to his injuries. She desperately needed the closeness. She did this for weeks at least once a day but sometimes twice. Doctor, in your medical opinion, would that increase her chances of conceiving? He looked at Tina as did Ben. Tina was looking at Ben with a desperate need in her eyes and Ben was shaking. Gabriella looked at the doctor who was sitting with a stunned expression on his face. She raised an eyebrow at him. Uh, well, I, uh, yes, it would, a little. He stumbled through his answer. Ben's arms opened and Tina was in them in a blink of an eye. She cried with the release of tension. Ben kissed her forehead and hugged her. Gabriella switched to French to allow the doctor to respond more completely. Why would Ben's doctor have diagnosed him as being sterile after he was shot? She asked him. I don't know the specifics, but sperm count can temporarily drop after a traumatic event to the body, such as a severe physical injury like being shot. With a count this low immediately afterwards if they were not properly observant his count may have appeared to be zero. Again, I would have to see the medical records to say for certain. Ben was looking questioningly at Gabriella. He said your doctor might have diagnosed you as having a count of zero as it might have dropped to that because of the trauma of the shooting. But it would have been temporary, she said. Ben was rocked back by that news. The doctor looked at Ben. Your count is still very low and your motility is not as good as it should be. Your odds of impregnating a woman even at her peak fertility is very slim. Not impossible as has been proven, it seems. Are you too interested in intrauterine or in vitro insemination? He said looking between Gabriella and Catherine. No, they said in unison then looked guiltily at Ben. Please, I don't expect you to want more kids. I'm not even sure what Tina's opinion is. He blurted then looked down at Tina. May I keep it? I want to have your baby, she asked quietly, looking up at him with hope in her eyes. Ben smiled and tears sprung to his eyes and dripped down his cheeks as his emotions overwhelmed him. He nodded and kissed her. He then smiled at Gabriella and Catherine as well. I never thought I'd hear those words again or see it actually happen, he said with a voice rough with emotion. Gabriella stood up and shook the doctor's hand. Thank you very much, doctor. Catherine jumped up with a grin and leaned across his desk to kiss the doctor on both cheeks. Ben stood up and set Tina down on her feet. He shook the doctor's hand then they all walked out. Ben held Tina's hand and drew even more ire from the husbands in the waiting room. Once they were on the street Ben stopped the group. He gathered the three women in a circle and looked at each of them with a troubled expression. I just I just want to apologize for my behavior this morning. I don't recall some of it. That drew worried glances from the women. But I do recall I wasn't angry or jealous. I have no reason to expect exclusivity from any of you. That would be horribly hypocritical of me and it just wasn't the case. I was running to escape the pain of knowing I'd failed you and you were unable to be honest with me. I was afraid to face the truth that I'm not worthy of you, Ben said with a look of pain on his face. He was suddenly enveloped by three tight hugs. I love you so much, he said. Once they'd gotten control of themselves Gabriella and Catherine pulled back from Ben but Tina sagged against him. Her reserves were depleted and she still looked a little pale. 
I think we'd better take Tina back to the hotel. This morning sickness is hitting her badly. Did this happen with your first pregnancy? Gabriella asked her. Tina nodded. Ben scooped her up in his arms and they made their way over to the taxi stand. Sophia and Rachel were going through a rack of lovely blouses in a quaint little shop on a beautiful tree-lined street in Paris. They never imagined they would ever get to do this and the experience was living up to their dreams. Young Miriam was near the back of the shop waiting to try something on. Sophia was keeping tabs on the group with text messages to their cell phones. As eldest, that was her responsibility. She'd received a text from Megan asking where she was as she was on her way to them. She knew Daniel and Lucy were watching a street performer two doors down, Lucy acting as guardian for their youngest member, protecting him from nimble fingers in the crowd while he watched the show. Her experience with living at street level in Europe was coming in handy. She said she didn't mind watching Daniel as she was feeling a little worn out from this morning. Rachel told her that Lucy had been with Ben all night and they'd had sex. Apparently Tina had instructed Lucy not to divulge details so there was no juicy information forthcoming. Sophia sighed in frustration and worry and her sister looked over at her. What? Now that Ben's going to be a father I don't know how that's going to change his behavior. He may not be willing to share so our plan to get him into bed may be over. Worse, he might not want to be with mom anymore and that's going to hurt her as she really loves him. She banged out a quick text to her mother asking her to let them know how it went at the clinic and how Ben was treating her now that Tina was having his child. Sophia tried to push that aside and enjoy shopping but the worry for her mother wouldn't leave her mind. She told her sister she was going out to see how Lucy and Daniel were doing. She found them easily enough. Daniel was still watching the show and Lucy was keeping her eye on him while avoiding the paws of the two creeps who were not taking no for an answer. She named them Skinny and Beard. Neither looked like they belonged in this neighborhood, or France for that matter. Considering the kind of shopper that frequented this area they probably preyed on the tourists. She got closer and saw Lucy calmly telling the skinny one no one more time as she deflected his wandering hands. Hey! Shit for brains! She's saying fuck OFF but in a polite way. Sophia growled loudly. Skinny turned to face her and pulled out a switchblade. Fuck you, American cunt! That's when Megan kicked him in the balls from behind. Sophia watched Skinny's eyes roll back and he collapsed to the ground dropping his knife in the process. Two policemen arrived and disarmed Beard before he could advance on Megan with his own knife. They said nothing to the ladies as they zip-tied Skinny and Beard, collected the weapons and dragged the thugs away. I like the service of these policemen in France. Scoop up the bad guys and cart them away. No fuss. Megan grinned at Sophia. Her older sister was frowning. That was a little odd though. They didn't even ask us for a statement. She turned to Lucy. Are you okay? I'm fine. You didn't need to do that. They would have gotten bored eventually and left, she said quietly. Sophia looked at Lucy and realized she was probably right. It just pissed her off to see these punks trying to get away with that bad behavior. And missed the opportunity to nail that misogynistic bastard in his marbles? Not a chance. Megan grinned at Lucy. Nice timing, by the way, Sophia said to Megan. I told you, born under a lucky star, she said and bowed. Are you done shopping? If so, can I take Lucy with me? She needs new clothes. Sure, I'll wait for mom, Sophia said and took over watching Daniel who wandered back to her. You know, Lucy was right. She had the situation under control. She's lived here long enough to know how to deal with the locals. The young man looked up at Sophia who looked at him and nodded. He was much more mature than he looked. Yeah, I know, but don't you think there should be less tolerance for that bad behavior? Yes, but you can't force good behavior on people. That kind of change needs to come from inside he replied.
Sophia's eyebrows went up as she contemplated his words. He glanced past her, and his eyes lit up. Is that a chocolate shop? He said, pointing. She looked and smiled. Yes, it was. Let's go. Gabriella, Catherine, and Ben were making their way to the rest of their group in a taxi. It had taken a concerted effort by all three women to get Ben to leave Tina alone in her room. All she wanted to do was sleep for a few hours so she would feel rested enough to have dinner with them when they got back. Now that she knew what was making her feel like this, she relaxed. Tina didn't want Ben sitting in the dark while she slept. She had a cell phone to call them if she needed them, and she could call the front desk for anything else. So out he went. Ben sat between the two women in the taxi and held their hands. His mind was spinning. Gabriella smiled at Catherine across Ben's chest, and she returned it. Ben was like a boy on Christmas morning, full of anticipation and fidgeting. He lifted their hands to his mouth and caressed their knuckles with his lips. Ben! Stop that! Gabriella gasped as sparks shot through her body. She heard Cap moan from her own pleasure. Gabriella's face flushed, and he leaned over and took her mouth with his. She melted under his passionate kiss, and when he pulled back she was breathless, and her heart was racing. Ben turned to Cat, and she leaned up to meet his lips. They tasted each other, and slowly pulled back. When he'd gathered his wits back he spoke. I want you both to know my feelings for you haven't changed. He paused as he reflected on that. No, that's not true. They feel stronger than before. It actually feels like my life has gotten sharper, brighter, more focused. The last time I felt this good was that first day I was, with you, both. He glanced at the driver but he didn't appear to be paying attention. Gabriella and Catherine were all smiles as they felt his love for them practically radiating from him. They leaned their heads on his shoulders and he kissed the top of their heads. The taxi pulled off the main drag and pulled up to the curb in a quaint little street. Ben paid and they got out to find their family. Cat pulled out her phone to send a text and saw Sophia had sent one to her earlier. She read the message and teared up. She loved her daughter so much. She sent a text to her saying they'd arrived and were looking for the kids. Moments later she received one saying they were all sitting in a little sidewalk cafe five shops down from the beginning of the shopping area. Catherine looked down the lane and thought she saw the place so she tugged on Ben's hand and he pulled Gabriella until they were standing before their families. The ladies were surrounded by shopping bags. Wow. You've really been successful already and this is just the side street. The main shopping area is two blocks away, Gabriella said. All of their faces registered shock. They thought this was it. Gabriella and Catherine started to laugh and their kids started laughing too. Ah, you really had us there for a moment. Megan chuckled which just made the mothers laugh harder. What? I wasn't kidding. Gabriella managed to get out as they saw their expressions freeze again. Ben pulled a pen out of his pocket and started labeling the bags with the owner's name so he could carry them all together. The ladies smiled as he looked inside and complimented them on their selections and asked for the receipts. He wrote their names on those as well. Soon everyone was smiling and looking forward to the rest of their shopping. There was one small bag at the end and Ben saw it was Lucy's. Is this all you found? He asked curiously. That was all I could convince her to let me buy. Megan growled. Lucy, come here. He said seriously. She walked over to stand next to him. She was looking at his feet so he reached over and lifted her chin so he could see her eyes. Are we making you uncomfortable? Have we offended you? He asked. Her eyes widened in surprise and she shook her head. Did I not say I would ensure you had a future? Your future includes being dressed. I want you to buy some clothes. Clothing that makes you happy. I love what you do with that shirt but maybe you'd be more comfortable with something that doesn't squeeze your assets so tightly he said with a sexy growl. She giggled and thrust her chest up and out, 
and it was Ben's turn to go wide-eyed. He blushed and her giggle became louder. Megan laughed as well. Man, I'll never be able to wear that shirt again without thinking how I can't do it justice. Lucy laughed and patted Megan's hand. Are we ready to do some shopping? Ben said in an announcer's voice. Yes, went up the cheer. So they did.